Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 91 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you that we can freely read your word. Help us receive the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 2. Since we have already read the Gospels and you've listened to the commentaries, I'll be picking out the verses that stand out to me as I read them in my personal study and sharing some insights on those verses. First, it is interesting to note that the wise men, the astrologers, were determined to find and worship Jesus as a king. Herod was very disturbed of this news and gathered the chief priests to him to ask where Christ was prophesied to be born. When he heard it was Bethlehem, he was even more disturbed. So upon Christ's birth, there was the knowledge that he may have been the Messiah. I wonder if any of the chief priests or leaders who were present then were still alive 30 years later when Jesus started his ministry. Herod, meantime, was so upset that he was misled by the wise men that he had all the male children put to death who were two years old and under. Such an unbelievable tragedy. The pain of the women was extraordinary. In verse 18 says, A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they were no more. Well, another interesting note is that there were three divine dreams written about here, one to the wise men to warn them to go home without alerting Herod of where baby Jesus could be found, and two to Joseph, warning him to flee Egypt and then to return to their homeland. Instead of going back to Judea, Joseph settled in Nazareth. All of this moving around with the baby and wife in tow could not have been easy. It also threw off the chief priests in the future as they relied on the prophecy that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And this was all part of God's plan. May we be as quick to obey the Lord as the wise men and Joseph were. Well, let's see what Paul is writing about in Colossians chapter 2. I love the first three verses in Paul's letter. He earnestly desires that the Colossians come to a deeper understanding, the deepest understanding of who Christ really was. Verse 3 says, In him all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. Well, we have this same opportunity to uncover the deep treasures of our Lord, so let's not miss it. There is so much richness in this if we give our time and intention to discovering all the Lord has for us. In verse 7, he writes, have your roots of your being firmly and planted deeply in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Well, this is a passage we can meditate on today. Let us be thankful the Lord continues to confirm and establish our faith in him. Verse 15 says, having canceled and blotted out and wiped away all the handwriting of the note with its legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us. This note he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to the cross. Paul encourages them and us to fully accept Jesus' sacrifice. It is easy to fall into the trap of thinking if we do certain things or are just good enough, then we will be worthy of eternal life in heaven. But the fact is, we aren't worthy. Left to ourselves, there is nothing we can do to make us worthy of God's presence here or in heaven. For God is holy, 
He cannot reside within us without a sacrifice, just like he couldn't reside within the Israelites' camp without many sacrifices. When God sent his son as the final sacrifice, all our sins were nailed to the cross. His death canceled the legal note that was our promise to pay for our sins. There is nothing more for us to do but receive this free gift and believe Jesus died for our sins. I needed this reminder today, and maybe you did too. When we fall into the trap of having to be good enough to receive Jesus' gift, we invite condemnation into our lives because we fail. We fail day after day because this is a fallen world. But under grace, we have the strength to get up and try again. As much as we'd like to work at being good enough for God, we need to direct our hearts to grace. There are so many powerful verses in this chapter, so I encourage you to take your time reading and meditating on them. Let's see what is happening with the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 29. Moses reminded the Israelites that God led them out of captivity. Verses 4 through 6 are of particular importance as Moses tells them the Lord had not given them a mind and heart to understand all the signs and miracles God did when he brought them out of Egypt. In verse 5, he said, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out upon you and your sandals have not worn off your feet. Imagine that. No new clothes or sandals for 40 years were needed by hundreds of thousands of people. God did all the great things for them and took care of their personal needs as well. Verse 6 is another notable verse and says, You have not eaten grain, bread, nor have you drunk wine or strong drink, that you might recognize and know your dependence on him who is saying, I am the Lord your God. Interestingly, God withheld bread and wine from them as a way to teach them to lean on him. It makes me wonder what we are relying on instead of him. We have so many comforts these days, comforts the Israelites never experienced. We may think harshly of them grumbling and complaining, but I'm not sure we would act much differently. Their whole world was changed, was uncertain, and was definitely uncomfortable. Today, we can be thankful the Lord takes care of us in such lavish ways, even if we think we don't have the kind of money to buy what we want. We have so much in terms of material things. May we all lean more into the Lord for spiritual things, just as Paul writes to the Colossians. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses foretells their disobedience. He also tells them that when they turn their hearts toward God, he will fully restore them. He tells them it isn't hard to heed the word of God. In verse 14, he says, But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your mind and in your hearts, so that you can do it. We can take this wisdom here and know that God's word is in our hearts, minds, and mouths as well. Sometimes we may feel a little shaky, but his verse gives us faith to know God is within us. Verse 19 has become a favorite saying in our world, and I'm paraphrasing here. I have set before you life and death. Choose life. Let us choose life today as well. Some days it's harder than others, but God is faithful and will help us if we simply ask him for help. Verse 20 is power packed with wisdom. Love the Lord your God, obey his voice, and cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to give you to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A common theme here today, to love the Lord, obey him, and cling to him. Yes, let this penetrate our hearts. Psalm 91 was also written by Moses. Again, I suggest reading the Amplified Version, which you can find at BibleGateway.com. There are so many lovely passages here that are further amplified, giving more meaning and depth to the psalm. There are many promises that we can lean on and stand on as believers now, reading about all the wonderful works of our Lord. 
Moses was fortunate to spend time with the Most High God, the Almighty God, who was his refuge and fortress. Many of the verses are underlined in my Bible. Verse 7 says, A thousand may fall at your side, and then 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. He writes, No evil will befall us. In verse 11, he writes, For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. Well, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. We have help. We have lots of help. Reading about all the do's and don'ts can become overwhelming, but we have help and we are offered forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Enjoy this psalm and meditate on it. This is one we can refer to often in times of distress and in the best of times. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your promises in your word. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to save us. Father, thank you for making a way for us to be yours so that you can reside within us. Keep our hearts soft toward you and our minds set on being yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.